Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Fish, look what's mm. this. Look what I've got here. What is well, this, do you think? Well, it's a plastic tub yeah. that's kind of, you're shaking it around. It's rustling. Yeah. Is it a toy? Is it an it's instrument? It's a tub. No, yeah. and I've got nine of these in my <laughs> freezer. In your freezer? Yeah. Shall I tell you what they are? Uh, I don't know. Is it bird food? No, it's breadcrumbs. Because oh, my husband, yeah. in the mm. way that, you know, when men take on something, yes, they take on it fairly obsessively and commit mm. to it, has yes. been making breadcrumbs for oh, us out, out, out of, of our the, old the leftover crusts. Yeah, oh. he's been doing that, but he's been doing it like a machine. Oh, no. Oh, so no. Everywhere I go, there's either breadcrumbs under the grill, yes. breadcrumbs in the freezer, Breadcrumbs about to be put pummeled and put into oh, the gosh. boxes. Gosh, and what does but he, he has think you're going to yes, do exactly. with those? So what, he's done what? what I think is quite a male thing, hmm. and not typically thought this right the way through to the hmm. end. Because what am I going to do with nine boxes of frozen breadcrumbs? It's a lot of fries, fried breaded food, isn't it? Um, exactly, which is hmm. not not the ethos of the household <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> It's like my son and his oh. obsession with learning all the flags of the world. Yes. I've got oh one dear. of them learning flags and I've got the other one making breadcrumbs. <laughs> go, go the men in the candy household. They're really... Uh, They're occupied, that's for sure. But I have got quite a long to-do list of I other things know. that would be more well, useful. So if anybody wants any breadcrumbs, they yeah. can send you a little email. I'm your girl. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife. I'm Trish Halpin. And I'm Lorraine Candy, and we're on a mission to help you make the most of your magnificent midlife. We'll be tackling everything from mind and body wellness to HRT and your sex drive. Trish and I are here to help you have a stylish second act and answer all your midlife questions on fashion, beauty, careers, relationships, family, and as always, the challenges and joys of parenting teens. It's sexy time on Postcards from Midlife this week. Oh my God, Trish, I knew this would happen. <laughs> you are frisky and excited, oh. which is why we've saved mm. this special episode about sex until the end of season five of Postcards from Midlife, isn't it? Yes, it is. But I, I was going to open proceedings by going all salt and pepper on you with a song. But I know you're reversed to my dulcet tones. What song am I talking about? Name that tune. Well, it's let's talk about sex, baby, isn't it? Yes, wanna, it is. Ping a few bars my way. <laughs> oh, I won't. I just wanted you right. to say that out loud. I just okay. thought it would be quite it's funny. It's going to get worse, isn't it, from it here is, on in? Right. Okay. Yourself, Enough of the silliness. Um, I'm going to enlighten our listeners now about what we have planned for this week's show because we have the results of our midlife sex survey, which we've been running on the Facebook group. And we're also talking to a number of fabulous women, including sex educators and intimacy experts who are helping other midlifers to improve their sex lives in all sorts of different ways, from learning how to tune into your sexual energy, reconnecting with desire, uh, communicating your sexual needs and exploring what gives you pleasure. Yeah, you're going to want to listen to this one. 
team. Our guest this week is Anna Richards. She is the 52-year-old founder and CEO of Frolic Me. Um, she is on a mission to make ethical adult entertainment that's more appealing to women. Uh, I think it's going to be fascinating hearing from all these midlife women, mm. and it's also going to be helpful and reassuring for everybody. It's far too easy, I think, when women hit 40 or over 40, and we might become invisible Mm. especially when it comes to talking about sex and the narrative is kind of that midlife women are slightly averse to sex Mm. and they're not doing it as much or having as much sex Um, and I think that's another myth that we're going to bust on this podcast we are Gen X we have a much better representation of sexy older women around us J-Lo for example Mm, just like that Helen Mirren all those amazing women so we are going to talk about it we are the generation that will talk about it yeah I'm really eager to see the new Emma Thompson film called Good Luck to You Leo Grand she plays um, a retired school teacher in search of adventures and some good sex and it's been written by the uh, British comic Katie Brand and it was one of the highlights apparently of the Sundance Film Festival and basically she is someone she's been in a 30-year marriage completely crap sex she's never had an orgasm and uh, exactly so she decides it's not too late to kind of go and do something about that so this film is going to be released in June so we can come back to that in the next series of Postcards from Midlife. Yeah, we will, because we're not going to talk, stop talking about sex at any no. point this year, are we? Because no. it's a vital part of our mental and physical health. Um, and we're going to take a break for a few weeks, aren't we? We're going to be back with season six. I can't mm-hmm. believe it, Trish, season oh, six. Um, we've already got some brilliant guests lined up and some great topics to talk about. And that starts on Sunday, the 8th of May. So make sure you are subscribing so that that episode drops into your, um, what does it drop into? It drops into your mobile phone, doesn't it? It does. It's like little magic. I, I say drops into as if I know how the internet yes, works, so I Trish, but I don't. But no, t- do subscribe know. and then it will all just automatically load for you. As if by magic. But if you miss us even just a little bit, we have a really fantastic back catalogue of more than 80 episodes of I this know. show. So do check those out either on your podcast provider or have a look at our website, postcardsfrommidlife.com, where you can browse all of our fabulous guests and download from there. And if you want to stay in touch with us in the meantime, of course, you can join our private Facebook group or send us an email at hello at postcardsfrommidlife.com. And we've got something new to talk about as well, Mm. haven't we? Because we would like to hear from you. We want you to feel included in everything we do. So if you have a midlife moment or milestone that you would be happy to share on the show, then we want to include your voice. It can be anything, something every day, something completely life-changing. Maybe you've made a decision to walk away from something, started a brave new venture that you might be heading towards. We would like you to send us an email with a voice recording of less than two minutes, important, less than two minutes, telling us about it. Um, We'll post more details on our Instagram and our Facebook, but we do want you as part of our community to have your voice on our show. Yes, because the community that's grown around this podcast is really remarkable. And we're we're so proud, aren't we, to have unleashed the power of midlife women. So we'd love to get some of you taking part in the show too. Right. So we want your midlife moments. So my little hot to trot pal. (laughs) (laughs) It's sexy time on postcards from midlife. I don't know how why I feel uncomfortable saying that as a former editor of Cosmopolitan. (laughs) (laughs) But here we go. 
right, we have a lot to talk about in this week's Chiba Jabba, as we've been very busy on the sex front. We've been analysing the results of our midlife sex survey. I've actually attended an online vibrant sexuality workshop with sexual energy guide <laughs> Sophie Bench. Stop laughing. Vibrant sexuality workshop. Yes, I'm going to tell you all about it. And you you're do, going but to I be think you're making porridge. Carry on. <laughs> Um, I've also been speaking to sex educator and coach Ruth Ramsey about the courses and work that she does to help both women and men, either singly or as couples, to enjoy a more fulfilling sex life, whatever age they are. Well, I think midlife is a danger zone for sexuality, isn't it? Mm. Because it can easily end up, well, your sex life can go on your back burner for many, many reasons. We're busy, we're overwhelmed, we're stressed out, we've got family, we've got work, we're balancing everything and it sort of can become I think especially in long-term relationships one of those chores on the never-ending to-do mm. list um, and also long-term relationships can be predictable you know when you've mm. been together with someone for 30 years then changing up your sex life feels like an epic task doesn't mm. it and there is a lot of breakups that are caused by this kind of crisis of confidence around sexuality in midlife the highest rates of divorce are between 45 and 49 for women as we know um, and then you're going to throw in perimenopause and all the symptoms that you get there and how they impact you mentally and physically because of all the hormone fluctuations that really don't help. No, they don't. Um, so in our survey, 77% of the 800 respondents mm. that we had said that perimenopause had affected their sex life. So that could be due to low libido, vaginal discomfort, stress, uh, loss of confidence. Um, there is lots of help for all of these issues. Getting the right HRT and testosterone can boost libido and help to reduce stress and restore confidence and vaginal discomfort can be alleviated with localized estrogen pessaries which you can ask your doctor for and there are also high-tech treatments too such as femilift which can restore strength and elasticity to the vagina too yes we have talked about these before in previous podcasts so if you want to find out a bit more dip back into the episodes with dr shazadi harper and dr paula briggs and um, we also talked about a little bit about relationships and confidence with um susie Godson in a very early episode. So it's there. I hope you find that helpful. But today we're going to focus a bit more on the other aspects of sex and sexuality because we know that you want to have more sex. We've asked you and you've told us more than 40% of you said so in the survey. And here are some other things that we found out from you in our survey. 36.9% are having sex at least once a week, but only 33.8% orgasm with a partner. That's a bit disappointing, isn't it? Mm. However, 35.2 are masturbating at least once a week with 77.9 orgasm during masturbation, which is a better result. 56.5% yeah. um, own at least one sex toy. We have talked at length about these in the show before. And if you're one of the 44% who don't own a sex toy and are interested in finding out more about them, we did discuss this in the Arabella Weir episode. It was in the How to Win at Midlife section. I talked to Samantha Evans from the website Joe Divine. Yes. So that's all rather helpful and interesting for starters, but it's worth pointing out that while the statistic about orgasming with a partner is on the low side at just under 34%, that isn't what you're looking for in a sexual relationship. 75% of respondents said that intimacy is the most important aspect of sex with a partner and orgasm was actually a priority for 12.2% of respondents. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, one in 10. Well, like many things, we can clearly do better on our own. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, not better, maybe different. But I think it's really interesting to hear women saying intimacy, which is the connection, I guess, um, tops their sex wish list. I think that's the kind of overwhelming thing, isn't it? When women are saying we want more sex, what they're saying is we want more intimacy yeah. in, in our lives with our partners, male or female. And it's quite hard to rediscover that or yeah. supercharge that because you've had children, your bodies have changed, the way you think about yourself has changed, your confidence levels have changed. And that intimacy and that connection can often disappear in the yeah. busyness um, of life, I guess, isn't it? And mm-hmm. patterns around sex change. I think this rediscovering and how to communicate mm. what you want is really important in midlife. So how do we get it back? Yeah. Um, is that what you've been discovering? Well, I have on my ad- sexual adventures. Yes. So um, I think the first thing to say is this is about you first and foremost. Yeah. It's not about your partner. You have to start with yourself and all the kind mm. of experts that I talk to in the courses that, um, that I found out about. It's very much about you because it's easy to tell yourself that sex isn't important to you. Yeah. There's nothing much you can do to change the situation. You'll never be able to change your partner. They are the way they are. Sex is the way it is but that just isn't true because you do have the power to make the change um because ultimately it's all about your body and it's about trying to get back in touch with your body and your sensuality and you've got to start ridding yourself of unhelpful preconceptions and patterns that you may have around sex and you've got to rediscover what turns you on because that may have changed yeah. over the years and then when, when you've kind of tuned into yourself you worked out your turn-ons that's when you need to learn how to communicate to your partner those desires to a partner so it's not a kind of just expecting to you know getting a few tips and jumping back into yeah. bed with your partner and hoping it's all going to be amazing I think it's a sort of slightly longer process than that yeah was it, was it you we were talking about um the therapist that we'd seen on a program on television where they'd said the sex lives yes. up here in your mind and it yes. dies down there <laughs> yes it were. so it's really about you know sorting your mind out around it isn't it so what yes. exactly did you learn from Sophie okay. Kenge on your well okay let's workshop? yes I will start with Sophie so Sophie she's take me through it Trish. I'll tell you a bit about Sophie first because a lot Go of on. these things come out of the women's own personal experiences um these kind of midlife women who are changing trying to change things around sex for other women so sophie is actually 54 she's um uh, describes herself as a sexual energy coach and she she is and was a journalist as well and when she was 44 she was divorced she'd been through a series of unsatisfactory relationships and she just ended up bursting into tears one day because she felt that her body was was telling her that she just hadn't enjoyed sex like she probably should have done she'd never really enjoyed sex in the way that she wanted to so she actually went on a a women's sexuality workshop and she did some one-to-one coaching sessions with a sexual healing and intimacy teacher and she Mm. said it completely helped her to reframe desire because it was all about tuning into her body and stepping out of that sort of self-critical chapter that you might have well okay so yeah so here so what Sophie then did is she's now become you know a a coach herself I suppose and she runs these courses so I did this course and it was a it was a webinar um and it was uh three single hours it was on zoom so you could be on camera or off camera now I took myself away upstairs out of you know out of everybody's way so I could just kind of focus and I kind of was coming at it from a journalistic in you know like I'm you know researchy point of view but actually it's very easy 
you to kind of slip into. And the first session is interesting because she goes back to basics on, on sexual anatomy and understanding right. how that works. And you think, yeah, yeah, I know all that. But actually, it's really good to spend some time refocusing on, um, you know, parts of your body. Pleasure, your points. Pleasure yeah. points, exactly. Your clitoris, how that works, etc. She kind of did these visualization techniques. It's sort of a little bit of mindfulness, but it's all about sort of directing your sort of energy around your body and into your pelvis. And I know this might sound a bit weird to you, because it's not really your thing. Touch but my I, pelvis. Well, it's it's all internal. You see, so I think it's about getting back inside your body rather than expecting everything to come from outside your right. body. This is about kind of feeling things inside in your sexual energy, which was really actually rather tingling very pleasurable and just very calming and relaxing and um and and enjoyable it wasn't about having orgasms and stuff it was just about trying to kind of get into your mind get into a headspace and the body space and then the next two sessions the second session was actually with this teacher of sexual healing and intimacy called Kalindi Johnson who was very interesting on, on all of this and, and with her um we talked a lot about touch and the fact that we just don't touch ourselves. And I'm not talking about, you know, straight away down to, you know, inside no. your pants. I'm talking about your body all over and just reconnecting with your body. And we did this exercise. It's quite funny, actually. I thought, oh, hang on. We were rubbing our thighs. And I was trying not to think about Vic Reeves, you know, rubbing his, do you remember? <laughs> Always a slight issue for Gen X. Yes, exactly. They always might be a bit of, but actually it does because they take you into this very kind of calm mindset. And we just did this sort of thigh and hip sort of massaging and that and it it was really pleasant and really surprising and I think what I suppose what it was about was about just trying to get your mind and body in a place that you feel more relaxed you feel more sensuous you feel more kind of did you get embarrassed were you overwhelmed with silly I wasn't but funnily enough I didn't have my camera on because I thought oh I'm being a journalist here so I don't want to have my camera on but the other women there were about 12 other women all sort of midlife women they did have their cameras on but the thought thing was nobody was looking at each other it was just sort of you know so inner focus yeah the third session was actually about this life stage and menopause and sex and the different things you can do you know with consultant gynecologist called Tanya Adib so so as a kind of rounded package I just found it really interesting as I say I kind of left with a different view of it's not about stimulating yourself from the outside and putting it somebody else has got to do all the work it's about you and your connection with your body so that was that was the first I thing like I did. I like the thought of you doing that. What happens if you're a couple, though, and you want something yeah. a bit more practical? Yes. So, um, um, so I also talked to Ruth Ramsey, who is a, um, a sort of sex educator and intimacy coach, and she comes at it from a slightly different way. Um, now, Ruth um, herself is very interesting because she's in her 40s, and um, she actually is a former striptease artist. And, right. you know, so sort of the whole thing around around eroticism erotica has been kind of part of her life's journey and she's now in her in her 40s and she's um, become a kind of a, a sexual coach and she runs these courses I had I didn't actually do Ruth's course I, I might add but I, I did want to talk about it because I had a really fantastic chat and interesting chat with Ruth and she's very much a bit like Sophie and Kalindi you ha- you are the one who has to take active ownership of your sex life you you have to make the time and investment it's not just going to happen you're not just going to suddenly 
jump into bed and it's all going to be great. You've yeah. got to kind of, you know, investigate and explore, try different things and try and discover who you are sexually. And she she says if she's going to help you to discover who you are sexually, shall I tell you about this particular course she does, which is called Passion 8, and it's the letter 8. Um, and it's this program. It's eight modules. You can do it as a couple. Again, this is anonymous, yeah. so you wouldn't see other people on, right. on, the, on the camera. So you can either do it on your own, you can do it with your partner, you know, it's up to you. And basically there's eight modules and uh, you get a guided workbook. And essentially at the end, well, I'm going to tell you that because I want to tell you about these workbooks. I think they're really interesting because essentially at the end of it, you come away with almost like your own erotic user manual. So it's like your Haynes manual. A a guide to Trisha's sexuality. Exactly. That'll be a number one bestseller, I want to tell you. It will. It will. Never mind the diaries of release Yes, exactly. I'll quickly run through the modules because you'll see how it all hangs together and makes sense. Right. So the first one is your core erotic type. Okay. So it it helps you to discover your erotic personality. The next one is your erotic mind. And that is about getting rid of those negative emotional patterns and beliefs and trying to tune into new, more empowering ones around sex and and your turn-ons. And number three is your body. So again, like Sophie, it's about being really knowledgeable about your anatomy and your partner being really knowledgeable about yeah. your anatomy because believe not it or your not, breadcrumbs. not your breadcrumbs. You know, even though we are yeah. the age we are, it's quite surprising what we don't know about our anatomy and also the science of, of arousal because men and women are very different. And particularly as you move into to midlife, our desire as women is very responsive. So we have to be in or we have to create an erotic environment in order to feel sexy and aroused, which is where the kind of stuff right. that the you know the sexual energy stuff comes into play men however they can just be aroused yeah. spontaneously and ready for action in an instant so it's no surprise that there can be a mismatch you know around yeah. you know especially yeah. if you're in a partnership so so she's kind of looking at how do you how do you deal with that the fourth module is about communicating because by this point you've hopefully discovered quite a lot of things about yourself your sexuality your pleasure what's going to turn you on how do you communicate this to a partner in you know and feel safe and confident and happy about doing that and then number five is creating time it's about prioritizing pleasure and making sure that you don't just put it on the back burner and and it's about thinking about your turn-ons and your turn-offs what she calls sexual accelerators and breaks because it's all very well if you decide you want to kind of have a nice evening with James but if you know he's going to pop downstairs and make the breadcrumbs I mean that's just going to put the brakes on. No we've got a (laughs) 10 year old as well. Straight away so everywhere. Exactly so it's try. you've really got to spend some time thinking about how you're going to make this this happen. The next module is putting what you've learned into practice and seeing how that goes for you and then obviously don't do that on the webinar but she talks about it then number seven fantasies now this is interesting because in our survey 65% of women said they were having sexual fantasies but 82% of them said they would not discuss them with a partner so women were having fantasies but we don't want to share them so what's that all about it's a disconnect it's communication so again it's she talks about fantasies and how you 
can explore those in a safe and um, confident way with a partner. And then number eight is just bringing it all together, you know, into a sort of creating a more passionate life. Yeah. So what do you well, think of that? Do you like well, the sound of that? I do like the sound of that because I remember when we interviewed Julia Samuel, the therapist, she said it's about reconnecting, isn't it? And you mm. can't go from cold to hot in one mm. go. You can't say we have to have sex if you're not communicating and you don't know anything about what your desires are. You've got to, that's a gradual journey, isn't it? Mm. Particularly in a long-term relationship. I tell you what I did find really good actually. And it was against my judgment. We've mentioned it before is the Goop um, Netflix series about sex where they, they follow couples going through these courses. Um, And it's particularly interesting for a couple who've been together a very long time and Mm -hmm. have three children, which I think is always worth watching. It's very interesting, all of Mm. this young Patricia that you Mm -hmm. have discovered. Um, In a few minutes, we're going to speak to our special guest, Anna Richards, and we're going to talk about all about desire and libido um, there. But before we do that, I think it's worth reminding ourselves about the physical and mental benefits of sex, because it's it's not just something we have to have. It's something Mm -hmm. that really does make a difference to us, um, particularly in midlife. The regular touch and intimacy drives down your cortisol levels in your body so that it takes down the stress hormone levels, which is good for us. And we know a lot about orgasms now, Mm, don't we, Trish? Because they they fill our bodies with the feel-good hormone, oxytocin, which resets our nervous system, flushes out adrenaline, sends blood flow to the vagina, which we know 82% of women in perimenopause experience uh, vaginal atrophy, which is the thinning and drying of vaginal walls so any blood flow there is very helpful also helps your hair grow we know that as well, mm, yes we, we do the scalp yes. as well so yeah you know it's really good for you it's really mm-hmm. good it's good it should be part of your well-being mindset we were sad to learn though that 20 percent of women told us in the survey they'd stopped having sex with their partner now that's okay if you both have decided that but i think it's not okay if you still want to have sex mm-hmm. is it it's something you know if you look at these courses and they are online and you can Mm -hmm. do them alone or or together it's probably worth just resetting your sex life with a professional helping you at this point yes yes and if you want to find out more about the workshops and courses that I've talked about you can find details at Sophie Benge that's b-e-n-g-e dot com and Ruth Ramsey r-a-m-s-a-y.com and we'll also post those details of course on the facebook group too so up now some more adventures in sex one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare. that's why united healthcare offers flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save fifty percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power twenty twenty three award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
Okay, team, I just want to pop a little warning here for all our lovely listeners. Our interview is quite sexually explicit. So this might not be the podcast you put on on the school run in the car, and it might not be the one you listen to in the kitchen with everyone else coming in and out. But we think you'll enjoy it nonetheless. Today, Trish and I are interviewing Europe's most prolific producer of high-end erotica. We're about to meet a midlife entrepreneur who has challenged the frontiers of female pleasure and could change your sex life for the better. It's time to meet Anna Richards, the 52-year-old CEO and founder of Frolic Me, who is on a mission to make ethical adult entertainment which is more appealing to women. And the majority of her subscribers to those erotic films and audio confessions she makes are midlife couples. Anna says, I'm passionate about representing a positive vision for healthy sexuality and female pleasure online, where we can break the stigma surrounding sex and see sex as a valuable part of our health and well-being. She has made over 300 adult films and commissioned a long list of sexually explicit stories for visitors to her site or the pleasure platform, as she calls it. We'll be quizzing Anna, a married mum of two children, aged 18 and 21, on exactly what midlife women tell her they want to watch when it comes to sex, how she makes her films, Anna is always on set, and why she decided to give up her day job as a brand marketeer to enter the world of explicit entertainment in her early 40s. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife, Anna. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, this is very exciting, very helpful and useful, I think you're going to be. So you're a married mum of two, decided to set up your business making beautiful, but I think raunchy. I mean, that's the right word, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Very raunchy adult films. So how did that happen? And what was your goal in doing that? Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, it was something that happened actually some years ago now. I mean, I actually launched the site back in 2015, but it was very much a a, a personal vision as well as something where I saw, you know, an opportunity out there. There I was, early 40s, married mother of two, as you've said, and, you know, I was ready to explore some more interesting aspects of sex you know I think sex is a such a journey and what really staggered me was for such a big industry that was out there I just didn't see anything that was for me Mm -hmm. you know I didn't see anything that that really featured lust passion desire that real that real sort of body body ripping moment where you just want to really get in that fantasy moment it was so male centric so degrading there wasn't really any anything sexy out there so I sort of looked around I took a few years to really explore what was there and funny enough it was a, a moment when I was also in the cinema I remember seeing the advert for, it was an agent provocateur advert with the gorgeous Kylie Minogue. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing that moment where she's sort of on a, a bucking bronco in this gorgeous sort of lingerie. And I went, now that is sexy. She mm-hmm. was empowered. She was in control. She looked gorgeous. And I just didn't understand when it came to adult films, where, where was the sexy stuff? You know, yeah. so, so yes, I went on a bit of a mission for a few years, looking, researching, seeing, I, I started a blog to sort of reach out to people and see if, 
you know, if I was alone in this concept or, you know, what, what was out there. And you, when you say sexy, you mean properly sexy, don't you? You don't mean just sort of we put a nice gauze over the lens and made it look <laughs> oh, a bit no. lovely. It's... You mean hardcore sexy, oh, sexy, I, don't I, you? I mean, yeah. there's sex there. I yeah. mean, it's mm. it's not soft, but yeah. I don't think women want soft. No. I mean, my, my perspective is is if it's goddamn sexy, it's, it's absolutely yeah. fine, but it's got female pleasure. Right. And mm-hmm. that is really the essence of my films is that we focus on the pleasure of a woman and that rather than you could say a lot of films out there kind of is a bit focused on on the man's pleasure not the woman's so I think because I wasn't somebody from in the industry and I was a mature woman I've produced films through my eyes of what I felt sexy was all about that is really the the essence of what makes Frolic Me and my films, as it were, so very, very different is because it is through the eyes of a woman wanting to create something that I feel other women like me can relate to. Mm-hmm. So it's it's socially acceptable sex. But yes, it's naughty. I mean, mm-hmm. I think women, we love naughty, you know. <laughs> Well, I mean, your films, they've gone on to win, you know, essentially the erotic film world's Oscars, haven't they? You just seem to be producing more more high-end films than some of the more established competitors. How did you connect with your audience, your market? Where did you find them? Because you, you were also opening it up to a new market, weren't you, of, of women who may, may have been turned off by erotic films? I mean, it has been a gradual. One thing I have done is I have done it very organically because mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that I had got my product right. So actually, mm-hmm. when I launched back in 2015 I I thought I had a big collection when I had 20 Mm -hmm. (laughs) but nowadays uh, you know you say oh 20 films it's like nothing but I I launched it and I I got the interest there was there's media interest I worked very hard to try and create whatever interest I could but I think the films very much started to speak for themselves and the site too so when I launched it was not only films there are uh, erotic stories galleries we have an online magazine so there's lots of aspect it's quite a a full-on platform of erotica Mm -hmm. it's something I think because it was just so different it caught the attention and yes it caught the attention even in the the big world of the adult industry which actually quite staggered me that Mm -hmm. you know here I was I'm I am an independent and I am very much holding strong with the fact you know the site is an independent site unlike a lot of adult sites out there that are owned by big corporations and so on. By being independent, I've allowed myself, I've got my full control of exactly Mm -hmm. what it is I produce. These are ethical films. And now that word is often used to sort of greenwash massive money-making ventures because there's a lot of money in adult entertainment. You know, and pornography generally is a huge money spinner. And we have all the big sites today, Pornhub, OnlyFans, all the subscriber sites raking it in. But you're using that word ethical. What does that mean um, in terms of adult entertainment? I think ethical, you're right. It It is a term we have to be very careful because it is such a buzzword. I mean, it's a marketing yeah. delight to stick yeah. ethical on the front of everything. But I think for, for me, I, I can genuinely stand by the fact that it's ethical because I'm involved in the process of how the films are made. And right. I think when you look and want to know if something's ethical, it really comes down to how something has been created, what care, attention has actually been put into the making of, and in my case, the films. So, you know, we make sure that care and attention to everybody involved, and that's in front of the camera and behind the camera. 
everybody is properly compensated, everybody understands what's being asked of them, everybody knows the situation. It's really just another film production, if you like. The only difference is, is, you know, we've got some good sort of sexy sex in there. But otherwise, it's just like any other production. You've got your your hairstylist, makeup artists, the, you know, film crew, but it's kept very small. And I'm involved in in all aspects of it. And you're on the site as well, aren't you? Your yes. bio and the reason you which is really unusual for adult entertainment sites, isn't it? They, they uh, you're identified with the site. Yeah, but I think that's really important. And I think particularly for women, you know, um, you want to go to a site that, that that there is a transparency there. You want to know who's behind. The, the site, which yeah. is, as you say, very, very rare, but you'll see my face there on the home page um, because I want to give a sort of degree of, of trust and comfort so that, you know, women and couples, men, they can come to the site and they're not thinking they're going to get hoodwinked by oh, some horrible pop-ups. Pop or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to wonder what's going to come next. Um, so I think that's really, really important. And again, that's part of the aspect of it being ethical. You know, it's just a professionally run, carefully run um, adult platform. Mm -hmm. So that sounds like you were doing something new and different and uh, maybe slightly controversial within the industry, because, as you said, you were focusing on female pleasure and you wanted to do it very differently. Did you encounter sort of difficult things on the way? Was there, did you encounter sexism or misogyny? I mean, I assume you had to, you know, raise investor funding. What what was that process like? Because I wasn't from the industry, I actually just did it very much as a standalone. Mm -hmm. So because back then in 2015, it wasn't easy to just go along to the bank and say, oh, by the way, you know, I'd like to I'd like to raise some money. I'm going to make some adult films. It just it didn't happen like that. I very much put my money where my mouth was, because by that stage I was convinced that actually there was an opportunity yeah. to create mm-hmm. some films and films that could reach out to other women and couples like myself. Mm-hmm. So hence why I started with 20 films and I did it very gradually. I built the site up because I thought, well, if it doesn't work, I've lost my my oh, yeah. money on the 20 films, so to speak. Interestingly, I what I did find is, is the positivity within the the models and the people who were working in the industry, mm-hmm. yeah. how they very much embraced a new person coming in. So I do find now that the the model network that I work with, and actually a lot of the models on my site are are real couples. Some mm-hmm. are married, some are just partnered, some are just really good friends, and they all like working together. But I found it's actually quite a small network, and they've been hugely supportive mm-hmm. to have somebody like myself coming in and actually wanting to take a different style and a different erotic approach and it's wonderful so you'll see a lot of very similar faces cropping up because I you know we we continue to work together yeah so our audience listening now mostly women over 40 and there's a bit of a narrative that at this age and stage of life that we don't want as much sex as we used to particularly those in long-term relationships and that we might be less adventurous but that's not what your subscribers are telling you is it no 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 what are they telling you i mean what i am finding is is that women are very open and they're receptive to sex i think the problem is we just haven't marketed 
to these women. And the fact, I mean, I remember part of my research was going along and to uh, the premiere of one of the first Fifty Shades of Grey films. And I mean, I went along with my husband, poor guy, because he was the only man in the audience. And we sort of sat there and I looked around and these girls were ready for some hardcore sex, you know, and I, I sort of, I sensed this, this fabulous excitement. In the, <laughs> and, I, and, and I think there was a little bit of an anticlimax by the end of it, because it obviously- Fifty Shades is not it, yeah. it wasn't hitting the mark, that was yeah. the thing. But what it did show me is that women are receptive to sex. You know, the, the fact that we're not interested. What are they watching just... on, on your platform then? What are Ooh. the kind of things midlife women are Well, I, I pushed out, a I thought, quite a fun, naughty film just recently. It's called Fulfilling. Probably a bit of a... <laughs> A bit of a clue in the title there. Mm-hmm. But actually, what I had was three male bodies, but I actually decided not to show. I didn't want to focus on their faces. No. And it was all about basically this woman who was having the moment of her life because she was being adored. There were hands, there were, and obviously cocks, you know, they, those were there too. But it was the fact the focus was all on this woman. And, and interestingly, if if anybody goes to the site and they click on fulfilling, they'll see there's some naked male bodies around a lady in in, uh, some gorgeous lingerie. And um, one of the comments was, oh, my God, this is my wife's absolute fantasy in full colour. Mm-hmm. And straight away, I mean, it's naughty, ladies, you know, as I said, you know, three, three male torsos and a woman you can imagine it's it's going to progress but the point was it was the fact that the focus was all on this woman Mm -hmm. and she's very much in charge and she's she's you know taking her pleasure and putting it exactly where she wants it so Mm -hmm. you know it's it's fabulous so I I think again this 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 concept that we we can't handle foursomes that we can't manage threesomes it's just not true if the focus is about us and pleasure and that's that's something I feel is so important is sex is about pleasure Mm -hmm. and if you think of it like that you'll have a great time and it can take all forms of pleasure Mm. in this case it was three three hot naked guys and a woman but it can just be a with a a bullet vibrator it can Mm. just be yourself on your own with a partner with another woman you know it's not about what it's just about that pleasure and that enjoyment so what guidance would you have for women perhaps who might not have watched an erotic film where do they start where do you start well I I hope that the site in itself is a good start Mm -hmm. because I've produced these films you know I'm not trying to scare anybody I'm not trying to frighten anybody I'm just trying to open people's eyes and actually go let's think about pleasure let's get our minds going and by getting our minds stimulated our libidos come along too we're liberating that erotic imagination and that's what desire is all about. So for anybody who hasn't really stepped in, we do a lot of female masturbation films. So mm-hmm. um, I would suggest something like Over and Over. You can go in, a, in and see categories right. and you can see all the female yeah. masturbation, lots of films under that category. Something like Over and Over is a model I've worked with a lot and she's very in tune with her body. She's got a fabulous little red bullet vibrator and she's just talking about the pleasure 
clitoral stimulation gives her. Mm -hmm. So it's it's wonderfully erotic to watch. But at the same time, you're sort of going, okay, this is just a little toy placed in that clitoral zone. Mm -hmm. And look at the pleasure. It's natural. It's she just has a very comfortable way of, of being in front of the camera and talking about it. So it starts to give, I hope, women that understanding of what gives them pleasure, how to go about it. That in turn, once you start to learn your more about your own body and, and what you like the sensation mm -hmm. of, that in turn will help conversations with your partner or partners, you know, what it is you like. Mm -hmm. You also mentioned that if you're if you're slightly nervous of films, that audio is a good way to start, isn't it? And you've got some explicit stories, haven't you? Yes. Again, a little bit like the films, you know, do expect some explicit. You know, we do try and say, oh, this is a bit raunchier for the more hardcore viewers. Or So we do like to give a little bit of blurb to say, oh, this is either a bit more romantic or whatever. But the language is there. And that entail, if you hear, it's a bit like someone talking dirty to you. You know, yes. you're listening to a story. You can get immersed in the moment and you're hearing and you're picturing, you're creating that fantasy. But also by hearing such, you know, naughty, explicit words, it also triggers further. It's your brain, which is your biggest sexual organ. It starts to go on overdrive, you know. And a lot of women do find audio porn a wonderfully, a wonderfully discreet way yeah. of actually stepping into erotica. It's a different, you're not having to watch anything you're creating mm -hmm. that fantasy. And talking of fantasies, watching adult entertainment is sort of experiencing your fantasies. In terms of the demographics and midlife women in particular, do you think women's fantasies change as they age or are we having the same ones or what's kind of happening there? I think to a degree fantasies change. I think we've got to always remember sex is quite a journey and that's possibly where I was in my yeah. early 40s that I'd done the early years of the sort of being rampant and, you mm -hmm. know, jumping on my poor husband and, and it was all just, you know, at it like bunnies kind of thing. And then, of course, the children come along and it's, well, you know, time is, is and yes. maybe you're not quite feeling, feeling in the mood. Mm -hmm. And then for some of us, I found my 40s quite a liberating time of, of, I wanted sex that was ad adventurous. Mm -hmm. I wanted naughty sex. I wanted to get out of the bedroom, you know, mm -hmm. have it in mm -hmm. the kitchen. I think that's possibly what I found that many women out there, we need to ramp it up. We need to change it mm -hmm. um, because it's, you know, if you've had a partner for many years, how do you change things up? How do you make it a bit more exciting? You know, all of a sudden this concept of taking it out of the bedroom looking at things like toys, maybe playing with a blindfold, maybe playing with something where you watch a movie together and maybe mm -hmm. you act it out yourself. So I do find that a lot of couples actually write in and say how enjoying erotica, whether it be the films, the stories, the imagery, whatever it might take your fancy, by watching, it actually has really boosted mm -hmm their own adventures privately, mm -hmm. which I think is wonderful because what I'm hoping is that I could just help people's own sexual adventures and just give a little bit of a Kickstarter. And I presume you're making films based on what your audience is telling you 
they kind of want to to look at that. Yes, and and also I'll, I'll be honest, I think I've just got a naughty mind. I've just well, you're on the <laughs> you're on the set coming up of with all the films, aren't you? As well, <laughs> so mm. I'm always thinking, gosh, what would be naughty? You know, I mean, whether it's an orgasm denial. I mean, some of our films play out all sorts of different fantasies. They're not just you know standard intercourse. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's trying to shape things up and make people realise that. You don't have to just do the same old things yeah. all the time. So you're so so you're in a long term. You've got a couple in a long term relationship. Been going for years. Have had children. Everyone's yeah. exhausted. The house is too small. <laughs> this is sounding familiar. <laughs> One yeah. of them's making breadcrumbs yeah. in the morning. <laughs> yes. What? So where do you start with the kind of the beginning of that journey with your partner? What's the libido building? I mean, you've said audio and watching films, but there's got to be a, a way of just getting over that connection and embarrassment a lot lot of Mm. women feel around sex Mm. and I think this generation has a lot of shame around pornography as well I think we've been taught it's degrading and it's true in many cases very degrading of women so it might be a no-go space for for many where where is the beginning of getting a connection with your male or female partner if you've been in a long-term relationship I I would say first of all you've got to connect with yourself You've right. got to actually, before you can connect with your, your partner and really get that motivated again, I think you've got to just touch base with your own body and actually understand what the pleasure is. What is it What is it like to really have yeah. a great orgasm? Because we have to remember that, that there's only 20% of us gorgeous girls that actually can have an orgasm through just vaginal Mm -hmm. penetration Mm -hmm. so when you start to realize that actually we're in the norm that we don't find it easy to have an orgasm and therefore if we're not having maybe the pleasure we're kind of thinking well what's the point I'll just go and have a glass of wine (laughs) you know just just (laughs) leave leave that leave that for another moment Mm -hmm. so I think we've got to get in tune with pleasure and I would say start with spending a bit of time I'd say go and get some sex toys. Start with something as simple as a bullet, which mm-hmm. is a very small little vibrator. It looks a little bit like the outside's a casing of a lipstick, yeah. but it's got strong pulsing vibrations. You can buy them between 10, 10 to 20 pounds very easily. And I would say give yourself a little bit of time on your own. Get some sexy thoughts going. Yes, maybe go on the, go on the site See something that you find horny. I mean, we've got some fabulous male masturbation scenes that a lot Great. of women just love. I mean, <laughs> Mr. Hot Ripped, you oh, know, with, with a very large appendage, you know, oh. you're kind of going, hello. So go on the site, see something you find sexy. Give yourself 10, 20 minutes on your own and engage. Feel that sensation of what it's like to actually enjoy that pleasure. Once you start building that up, you start to know what you like. Sex, therefore, becomes a different sort of commodity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can then relate to your partner and go, do you know what? If, if you hold that vibrator there, I'm literally jumping off the bed, <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden he's going, bloody hell, look at her. And she's having this shattering orgasm in front of him. And he goes, well, she doesn't normally do that with me. Mm-hmm. No, because she's needed that stimulation I that I think yeah. I'm still a lot of men don't understand the clitoris it's still a bit yeah. of a where is it how does it work and so on whereas all these sex toys uh, a lot of them are focused on clitoral stimulation it's a lot of them are focused right. on just giving that deep earthy mm. vibe mm-hmm. to that area so all of a sudden you've got that coming into your relationship then it's a bit of a game changer 
you know, because you can both of you start to see you're getting the pleasure and it you and funny enough, it's one of those use it, don't lose it kind mm-hmm. of situations. Yeah. The more you do, the more you kind of your body's starting to be in tune again and and you're going, oh, should we go and should we, you know, go and have that bit of fun again? Mm-hmm. What what was that toy? You know, and and it you start to roll in a different way and uh, take the pressure off then of of it being something you you don't both enjoy, but mm-hmm. you're getting that pleasure. And you pick the models for the films yes. and you're often on set um, for yes. them as well. And you've I, I noticed that you've made a kind of decision to pick all shapes and sizes. It's quite a diverse range of women um, yes. because a lot of women in midlife do get very, get very disappointed with their own bodies. They, you know, we our bodies are changing shape and stuff. So, and we, I should imagine that you don't see that reflected in a lot of um, other adult entertainment that's kind of out there unless, you know, it's a very specific need. So how to talk to us a little bit about that. What's going into your thought process when you pick the people to star in the films? Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm very much, I mean, all of the models I, I work with, what's really important is, is they understand sexuality and right. they mm-hmm. very clearly enjoy sex. And what I'm very conscious of is getting not only diverse body shapes, and you'll notice, you know, there are some with lots of pubic hair, maybe some with very little pubic hair. That as well is something, you know, that's just a personal choice. But I'm also trying to get different ages where I can as well. I mean, I'm very conscious of people often go, oh, but I'm that little bit older. If that doesn't actually matter, I think your sex can get better as you get older. Mm -hmm. Because bizarrely enough, it is one of those things you start to know more about yourself. I I mean, just recently, there's a film I've just put out, published called Mature Sex. And it's very clear clearly an older couple but you'll also notice the comments are such that people really appreciate just how sexual these two are I mean both of them are very in tune with each other and oh yes it goes on I mean they have some anal sex you know and you don't Mm -hmm. kind of go older people can't do that no it's it's all part of that pleasure journey that they're having together that's really important that I'm, I'm trying to portray sex across different body shapes and sex across different ages too sadly there aren't more models out there who are older I mean (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that maybe you you do come to a stage where maybe you're not continuing to be a professional model out there but I'm very keen to actually really show that because that's Mm -hmm. important and let's talk about you as a woman who has ventured out and done this you've got friends you've got family how does everybody feel about it? How does your husband feel about what you do, your children and your wider family? I'm actually very lucky that I've got a very big social circle of friends. Mm-hmm. So you can probably imagine now I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting all sorts of messages from girlfriends. Yes. Um, uh, I had one text actually from a girlfriend. She was out having lunch with some other girlfriends and she suddenly messaged me and said, Anna, Anna, what, what was it you said? What was that bullet? What, what Can you just oh, tell me? And they yeah. were clearly having a conversation mm-hmm. around lunch. And she said, oh, I tell you what, I'll just drop Anna a message. She'll remind us what it is. And they'd obviously all been mm-hmm. discussing it. So what's lovely is I think when people know who you are, the mm-hmm. fact that I've gone and done something, okay, pretty edgy, you know, mm-hmm. it's got yeah. it's got to be honest. But I think it's actually just brought another dimension where I found more women, more of my friends have come out very openly and honestly and start saying, am I having a little bit of difficulty? What, what, what do you suggest? To be mm-hmm. honest, I'm, I'm not really digging this sex at the second what do you say 
And so I've actually been able to offer support or talk. And and I think women do talk about sex and they want to talk about sex and they, mm-hmm. they want to share problems as well. So it's been very positive from that perspective. And then, well, the family, I mean, have been great. Thankfully, mm-hmm. um, I've got a, a teenage son and uh, my daughter's at university, she's 21. And I know my my son particularly is 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 immensely proud. He said, "Hey, mom, yes, that's pretty cool what mm-hmm. you do." And I said, "Well, thank you," but to me, I'm I'm just just still his mother, really. <laughs> <laughs> and, what, and what about um, your husband and and the men's reaction to the platform? Um, because this is quite you know it's empowering to women, and yes, maybe men feel slightly threatened, perhaps by what what has been the male oh, I th- reaction? I think they're very intrigued. I mean, mm-hmm. they fall into two camps. I would say the men you've got those who are going gosh that's that's pretty uh that's pretty naughty what you're up to then you've got the others who are saying oh come on come on let the you know you must have some really naughty sexy stories to tell us so you sort of had that intrigue of of those sort of wanting to know a little bit more uh and others sort of going do you know good for you so my husband's I mean we've always sort of worked together in the past we've always been very supportive of each other and he just felt like I did when I turned around him well back in 2014 and I Mm -hmm. said look I want to go and make some adult films and he goes okay (laughs) (laughs) I realized for a lot of people it, it might be quite a a step really it was Mm -hmm. quite a leap but I wanted to challenge this it's one of those things we can only for so long accept what's out there before actually it's like well do something about it if you you don't like all of all of these trashy films that are out there and you know depicting sex so badly and and don't just accept that go and produce something yourself offer people an alternative that is socially um, acceptable the men who watch the films say because you've said before that they perhaps feel less guilty because they know you know there's there is such women are treated so badly within the industry but watching your films they know that the women starring in the films and the men are not treated in the same you can clearly see in the films people having a you know a good time you know I try and sort of depict a few pictures where where you could see everyone having a bit of a laugh you know Mm because sex can be funny you know Mm -hmm. things do go wrong sometimes but um I think what I what I've loved is the fact that men majority of men actually want to see their partner their their women their special women in their lives they actually want to see them enjoying Mm -hmm. themselves and maybe they've not always understood exactly how to quite press that button but so to see women actually in the utter throes of pleasure there Mm -hmm. is nothing hornier for a man Mm -hmm. to be there with that partner so likewise with with my films it's all about the female pleasure and her having that incredible moment it's a joy to be able to share that and actually show people this is what good sex is is really about i'm there trying to promote that masturbation is healthy and mm-hmm. that's for men and women it's just men are just pff, they don't care too much they get on and do it whereas women i think we're still struggling a little bit with mm-hmm. oh, is, it, is it something we should do and mm-hmm. but sex is part of our health yeah it really yeah. is and i think we've learned that even more post-COVID, um, how our sexual health, our sexual well-being is very, very important. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to understand that. 
Brilliant. Thank well, you I think very you much, are Anna. Very much helping women give themselves permission for pleasure, which is what we're talking about on this show. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. Here we are at Nostalgia Noodle. Yes. After all that sex talk. Last one of season five. Is it something sexy or are you uh, well, listen, changing it up a bit? I'm going to throw some names at you. Go on. Red Whopper. <laughs> Jelly Jumbo. These are the names of... Zoom. Erotic. <laughs> no. Big Zoom. Fab. Big Fab. Big Fab. Big yeah. Fab. <laughs> uh, what are they, Trish? What links them all? Uh, well, if you're saying Zoom, I'm going to say an ice lolly. They are all oh, ice lollies from the go. 1980s. Yes. Because I was musing, now the weather has turned nice. Yes. Could I make ice lollies? I mean, it's oh, completely yes. beyond my culinary capability. Those little obviously. things that you get. And then I was thinking, oh, I should make those little alcoholic ones for things in the garden. How Ooh. fabulous that would be. Very creative. And then I realised that in the 80s, Yes. We had alcoholic lollies. Do you know what Did we, we had? No, yeah. I don't know. We had some, well, you might not have had them. Yeah. I had them. Cider lollies. Oh, that's you West Country folk. Can you you didn't have cider, cider lollies? No, so you I would don't. be thinking, I mean, they were called cider lollies, that you were t- tasting just alcohol <laughs> on your walks just when the ping, ping, ting, ting of the little ice cream van outside, and then you'd run out and ask for a cider lolly. Oh, not you though, Trish. Nice. It's not me, no, I'd stick with the zoom. The zooms okay. were my and the fabs fans. were the ones with the thousands the little and hundreds. On. Yeah, they were very yeah. nice. Were they? Well, we'll have to. Well, go do you remember Funny Feet? Yeah, <laughs> they were big ones. They strawberry kind of ice cream. They were very nice, weren't they? Where well, have you been? Kind of foodie too. Do you remember the hostess trolley? I don't know whether your mum ever had one. I'm not talking about the drinks trolley. I'm talking about the heated food trolleys that they yeah, made we've talked about my mother's inability to <laughs> yes, get anything true. unless it came out of a tin haven't you I had that's a hostess true. tin that oh was open so the idea of these was that you'd you'd make your all your food for your entertaining you'd then decant it into these dishes that went into this sort of warming cupboard thing that would then be waiting in the dining room because obviously you had a separate <laughs> dining room I can at the time. people's home <laughs> the day I think it was quite quite glamorous and I do remember it being my mother's dream it was a status symbol to get the oh, uh, the course. hostess trolley that would yeah. uh, you, you put it in the dining room but I was kind of doing a little you know noodly googling around and I did find an advert for one and I have to say it's quite strange the hostess way is this thing yeah and you've got a picture of a woman in her brown 70s sitting woman, room yes. she's very glamorous yeah. only women can touch it she's sitting on the sofa and there is a man and a woman who were obviously the guests with a big bunch of flowers standing so this is all wrong she's the hostess she's sitting yeah uh they're standing and she's got the hostess trolley right next to her all open with a massive big roast chicken loads of roast potatoes I'm like, they just arrived you're on the sofa with the hostess trolley next to you it i don't know it just doesn't work for me just i mean how have we survived I coming know. out of that era of extreme oddness well, it was very 70s, and then it got me in my strange mind thinking about the swinging 70s. Maybe they were Well, that would take you to the swinging. swinging. What, putting your... Um, after the hoster, after the chicken. Your key, after you've wheeled your trolley out, <laughs> popping your keys into the basket in the middle. Exactly. Going and home with some go. fella making his own breadcrumbs. Oh, yeah. my goodness. 
brings us to the end of this week's Postcards from Midlife. And in fact, this season of the show will be back with a new series on Sunday, the 8th of May. So please subscribe on your podcast provider and the episodes will land automatically on your little telephone. I mean, how handy is that? Yes, very modern, isn't it? We'd like to ask a little favour before we go. Can you download your episodes because they then count on our listener numbers? which means that we our egos are fueled even further, doesn't it, Trish? Oh, yes. Um, it just means we can do more nostalgia noodling, which we really enjoy. If you could rate and review us too, that's super helpful. It's very simple. It only takes a couple of minutes. And if you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, just scroll down to where it says ratings and review. Click on the number stars you want to give us. Five, I think is probably... <laughs> what you would say then click on and just write a little one line review that would be super helpful too yes and i know we talk about it a lot but our private facebook group has become the most amazing community for midlife women it's really helpful and has so much great advice on there so please do feel free to come on over and join in the chat um we do ask you a couple of questions so please make sure you answer those and then you'll be admitted as a member And don't forget, before we go, we would love you to be part of the show. Can you send us your midlife moments or your midlife milestones? And we will share them on the show. So just record under two minutes a midlife moment or a midlife milestone and then email us at hello at postcardsfrommidlife.com. Goodbye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.